It's time for the Juice Box Junkies, an independent Houston Astros podcast. All Astros, all the time. Astros news, analysis, and opinions right here on the Juice Box Junkies. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Juice Box Junkies podcast. I'm your host for this episode, Christian Espinoza, joined by Mr. Marty Coleman and Brian Dunleavy. How you fellas doing? Doing fine. It's good to see you guys after a few weeks off. Yeah, it's good. I got a little lot of PD action going on here, so can't complain, you know? Always entertaining. (laughs) So if if, if you are joining us for the first time and and haven't figured this out, Juice Box Junkies is a unofficial unaffiliated Astros podcast started by a group of writers from climbing towels hill and Astros podcast or sorry Astros blog on the fan sided network if you're a returning listener and as Marty said we took we did take a little break but we're uh we're back with no shortage of topics to discuss this week so let's just jump right in uh the Astros are sitting at the top of the American League West 12 and 2 in the last 14 games if I did the math right. As of this podcast we're recording on May 17th which is Tuesday we kicked off a series in Boston last night. Uh, the Astros bullpen coughed up a coughed up a lead with Hector Neris and Phil Maton giving up a giving up a couple runs each but that's that's been a rare miss for them this in nothing to panic. But Chaz McCormick, Marty's guy, had a really nice game, had a home run over the Green Monster. But but the big story, obviously, is uh, Jake Odorizzi, uh, the injury he suffered. Um, he had to be carted off the field after uh, darting off the mound to cover cover first base on an infield hit. Um, the, the news was just a little bit ago, maybe about an hour or so, that the Astros put him on the 15-day injury list with some lower leg discomfort. Uh, per, per usual, they were in vague, but I did get a chance to uh, listen to Dusty Baker. A few of Dusty Baker's comments on Sports Talk 790 earlier uh, said that he, the team, may have uh, uh, are feeling optimistic about his injury and may ha- are hoping to have him back sooner than later. So, kind of get into the, the discussion is uh, Marty has an, an article uh, that just got posted today that discussing some of these topics, but maybe Marty, you can give us a little bit of preview of that and just discuss sort of where that leaves our rotation and maybe some of that shorter, short-term fixes we might be able to, to kind of implement here to, to get the Astros uh, or could have the Astros continue this, this good run. Yeah. What, what horrible luck for Jake Odorizzi and, and secondarily the Astros, but they're paying this guy $7.8 million a year, and he sure hadn't pitched like it up until the last four starts, three before last night and five innings last night. He would have gone deeper into the game last night, uh, you know, but the injury happened at the end of the fifth inning. So started out the first two starts of uh, – excuse me, the first three starts of the season, he was 0-2 with a 9.00 ERA and a 2.56 whip. Something happened. He talked to JV, right? I think that's what JV said before that April 26th start in Arlington where he turned around. Now, uh, and he's had three great, three, I won't say great, three really good starts since then. And 
he's been fantastic for the last four starts, including last night. After six innings and one hit in Arlington, where he, the one hit was a solo homer, that was the only run he gave up. Um, he start, had two home starts against Seattle. Um, it was the first game. And I don't know, I don't remember the second game, but they were very good starts. It was um, uh, un-Odorizzi-like. Now, I have been very critical of Jake Odorizzi. He has pitched fantastic these last four games. That's the sad part, right? He's pitched like the $7.8 million pitcher that the Astros need, especially with Lance McCullers out. The sad part is he's hurt. I'm a big enough guy to admit that I, I, I was on his case, but he's done fantastic last four games. As far as the replacements go, Seth Martinez has been activated and he's up. But that seems like a short-term answer to me, somebody who can maybe be a long man in the bullpen until they get back around to that start. Because remember, this is a team that's gone to a six-man rotation to, uh, I don't want to say baby, but to assist JV to get through this first season post-Tommy John. Christian Javier is already in the rotation, so they're going to need somebody longer term. Is that Seth Martinez? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, they may have to make a 40-man roster change, and if I understand the rules right, you guys may have this better than I do. That would mean somebody might have to go on the 60-day DL, and it would seem like Jake would be, depending on the severity of his injury, um, even though Dusty said they got a little bit lucky, we still don't know what that is as, as far as Christian says. I don't think Seth Martinez is the long-term answer. I don't know who is. Kenny wrote an article today for Climbing Tiles Hill that listed uh, three options. So maybe one of those is the answer. I'm not thinking of Seth Martinez. Yeah, and I, I think the interesting thing is, is how uh, coming into the season – the Astros were looking really strong with their starting pitching depth. You know, then we kind of lose McCullers. We kind of figure out he's nowhere near being ready at the, at the start of the season. And then, uh, you know, uh, then now we have Odorizzi going down. We moved Javier into the rotation, which I didn't think was the Astros were ever going to do. But that that just shows you how how critical they thought keeping or giving that extra day of rest is to, to Verlander. But looking at this team down the stretch, and obviously we, it's hard to kind of put a finger on exactly what, what that's going to look like depending on the severity of Odorizzi's injury. But, Brian, what do you think the long-term solutions is for this, this, this team down the stretch from, from a, a rotational standpoint? You know, do we, sit on, do we sit around and wait for McCullers to come back? Do we make a 40-man roster move and, and bring up Hunter Brown? Do we go out into the trade market? Do we look at, an, an, you know, available free agents. What, what, what's your thoughts on sort of the longer, not necessarily long-term past the season, but longer term to, to the, down the stretch? Yeah. I mean, if Odorizzi is going to be out, uh, we're just going to assume the rest of the season, you know, uh, if, if we're all thinking the worst case scenario, he's at least out for the, for the season, if not longer. Um, so you really have to look at some guys that can eat innings like he was brought over to do, um, and keep us in the game. And also on top of that, you know, you're looking at somebody that um, potentially um, could be in the mix for, you know, a playoffs, a playoff, uh, you know, bench coming off the bench, long-term start, you know, if, if the, if it's a bullpen game or something like that. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't think 
the Astros have any other starters that would be ready for that role in the playoffs at the moment. Um, so I think, if anything, if they're looking at somebody for the playoffs, I think they have to figure things out with McCullers by, I'd say, July 1st. And if at July 1st, if McCullers isn't back by then, do you really think, and Astros front office really think that maybe just in August and, and September string for McCullers is enough to get him you know, ready for postseason play. That would be pretty tough, I would think, coming off of off of an injury, and and I, and I don't know if they can count on that. So, I would look at them making a trade. Like I said July first, they can start looking at their options. If if uh, not, neither Rizzi or, or he or or McCullers is back, um, I think they're looking for a trade for another guy that's going to be long term out of the bullpen. Right now, they have you know Solomon, they have Belak, they have. Um, you know, they could do Paredes and Paredes would be a good um, coming out of the bullpen guy, but he's not going to be a starter, you know. Um, Hunter Brown is another great option too, but those guys are all, you know, unproven entities. And I think adding one additional unproven entity to the already young, you know, three starting pitchers that they have, I don't think that's a good a good case for a, a strong playoff run. So I think they're going to have to trade for some experienced starter some guy that's got you know some of them and 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 try to uh fill that role if if mccullers is not back by july yeah and i I yeah i think you're totally right i I, and and it's not out of the realm of possibility that that was going to happen anyway i mean even with a healthy jake odorizzi this team has shown that they'll go out into the trade market and do something that will kind of set them apart, whether that's Granky or JV from, from those respective seasons or some of the other moves that we made for, for top tier talent, gave up top tier, you know, assets for top tier talent. So, you know, this may be in something that's on their radar anyway, they tend to be a team that wants to, 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 to trade more so than try to sign big names. So, um, Moving along, we, I want to discuss with you guys um, the catcher situation. Seeing a lot of activity on Twitter. We, if you follow our our, our blog uh, at uh, at uh, Astro CTH uh, for our Climbing Tiles Hill, we post the lineup daily, and I get to see all the comments on all that. And I think one of the big things that we that, that comes up is uh, is sort of the black hole of offense that is there with our catchers. You know, obviously, Martin Maldonado and Jason Castro, to an extent this season, have been very strong defensively. I know there was a pass ball last night that created some 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 stuff. And um, uh, but but generally, overall, they've been strong defensively. But is this the, the two catchers that we're going to ha- have to rely on offensively down the stretch? Or do you think like, Corey Lee's a legitimate option this season? Um, or, or do we end up going another direction even yet? Uh, Marty, what do you think? What's your thoughts on the catchers and, and the Astros catchers and the lack of offense there? My initial thought is Corey Lee's not ready. On the other hand, Corey Lee could bat a buck 50 in the majors and be an improvement over, at least statistically, what the Astros have right now. Uh, I think Maldonado, me and uh, my boy, did a little happy dance when he broke over the 100 mark the other day. Um, and I think Castro's got a little bit of work to get there. It's just incredible. I put the two of them together. Now, I'm not saying adding their at-bats and their hits, but just their batting averages together last week, I think it was, it was 128 between the two of them, right? They were barely halfway to the Mendoza line. I love Maldonado behind the plate. Castro, I'm a little, you know, 
probably his last year. He's playing out the contract, etc. Um, I find it hard to believe these are going to be the two catchers that you're going to go with through the season, and it's mainly from an offensive standpoint. When you had Springer and Correa in the lineup, you could get away with somebody, you know, batting 150, 160 down there. You lose Springer, okay, you still got away with it last year when Maldonado batted under 200. Now you're without Springer and Correa. I know how well Pena's done, but it's not the same as Carlos Correa yet in the lineup. But the lineup, as we've seen, maybe it's the baseballs to some extent, but it's not the same, you know, 12, 11 runs a game. It's 3, 4, and 5. They're not the same lineup. They can't afford to have somebody. I, I mean, think about what I just said. If the guy hits 150 or 160, he's doubling the offensive output of what they have now. Every now and then, Maldonado hits one out of the park, and it's great, but it's like the blood moon I saw the other night. It comes about once every three months or so, and uh, it's just not enough. If you want, and I said it before the season, I think, if you want to win the World Series, no matter how good he is defensively, your catcher doesn't bat 0.85 or whatever. I think they need to make a move at some point even if it's to get Corey Lee in there as a backup and an occasional starter. Yeah, and I, I think that a lot of fans, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Corey's not on the 40-man, right? He's – he's uh, so, you know, you would have to presumably cut somebody or to option somebody uh, to, to make room for him. But right now in Sugarland, he's he's batting 221. Uh, he started out the season pretty slow or a little, a little concerning, but he, he's came on with the power – See, I think he's up to seven home runs and almost 20 RBIs and it's got some, you know, a handful of doubles also. So, you know, the power's there. I just, I, I definitely don't think the contact is, is quite there yet. The OBP is not quite there yet. Um, so I think you're right. I think we do have to do something. I'm not sure that it's him, but, but at the same time, even an abbreviated version of a 221 batting average is, you know, it's going to be better than what, what, what do you think there, Brian? Yeah, I mean, I was just going to echo just what you said. I mean, he he's right now. I mean, seven home runs, eighteen RBIs. He's got five doubles. He's slugging four thirty five with an OPS of seven oh five. That is completely, completely different and better than than the current state of affairs, um, where you have Maldonado, and I hate he's slugging two thirty eight. He's, he's slugging the, the average of a bad major league hitter, basically. I mean, that and his OPS is 438. I, there's, in my mind, if they found it within themselves at this point of the season, and I know he was a newbie and he's a lot cheaper, but I think Jason Castro is pretty cheap too, if I, if I remember correctly. His, his, his contract's pretty low. You know, if you have it, to cut Nico Goodrum, who struck out every other bat, I I don't see how you don't cut Castro or or, or you know I, I don't think they're going to do that to Maldonado. I think he's too much of a veteran presence. I don't think they're going to get rid of him. But I Castro either trade him or cut him or something and get somebody that's going to even even hit hit for average. Doesn't matter if he doesn't hit you know a bunch of home runs because you know it's great when when Maldi hits those home runs. You know it's like oh you know. He finds some some key moments to hit him, but you can't keep a guy in the lineup every day that's going to hit 
he's at 113 now because he had a couple of good games in, in DC. Um, but I mean, there's to have a couple of good games and, and get up to 113 is pretty sad. So there's got to be a longer term option. They got to be looking at Corey Lee. I think if if I'm if they think Corey Lee's the future, I'm just going to throw this out there. If they think he's the future of the of the franchise at catcher, then they need to pull him up and cut Castro, you know, sometime next month. It, it just needs to happen. If Castro's still under under 150, I think that they need to make that move or trade for somebody in the in the short term, like you said, Christian. I think that's just as good. I mean, trade for trade for. Um, Who's the the Reds catcher right now? The Reds aren't doing anything, anyways. They lost on a, they lost throwing a no hitter. You know, I mean, come on. So uh, trade for somebody that's going to at least hit a decent average, and still, I don't think you get that much return on on defense and that sort of thing. Um, when you're losing out on on all these all these potential hits, RBIs, what have you, um, and the bottom. Right now, it's the bottom two spots in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, you, I, I think you could look at it from a very analytical standpoint to say, well, do you at least, uh, do you at least break even on the amount of runs scored versus the amount of runs saved? It's like you're costing us right. runs now. Is the amount of the amount of times is you know you've you've popped out or whatever. But the other thing too is that I think is you, that you that you brought up is if the Astros believe Corey Lee is the future, and there's some kind of itch or something that I had that is like I'm not sure they really do feel that way. Um, they don't really. I mean, they obviously they're not going to talk down on their a guy in their own organization, but at the same time, you know he's not a top tier absolute surefire big deal right like he's our top prospect but in the grand scheme of of top prospects in the league he he, he barely cracks the barely cracks it so that's not the, that's not a detriment to him or anything or no. to say he isn't going to be good but the other thing is like if we could package him with somebody else and find a better option even at a different position where we're able to create more production at at first base or center field or a corner outfield position or something like that. I think that's something you got to look at and maybe consider too. I, I don't know. That, I, that's something I have just talking, going back and forth with somebody on Twitter and it may not be a realistic option or one that they're really interested in. Maybe they do believe in Corey Lee, but, but Corey Lee would be a nice piece to, to for a trade package for starting pitching or something that's really, really going to push us over. So I don't really know if there's a really good way to handle this other than, just hope, maybe hope and pray, <laughs> uh, or, or or anything and, like that. So, and I'll even throw out there. I just looked it up. You know, right now, I mean, you're talking talking about the one, the worst team in baseball, uh, the the Reds. Tyler Stevenson's their catcher. He's hitting three twenty four right now with four home runs and and nineteen guys. And you know, and this is his third year. I would, I would, I think anybody in the Astros um, fan group would be fine with them taking. Trading Castro and Belak, the Reds for Tyler Stevenson. I mean, this is third season. He's a young guy. He's twenty five. His major league average is two ninety two. You know, so he's got experience just a little bit, but you know, but he's going to a lot more bang for your buck. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So moving on to a, a little more fun, fun, interesting, I guess, betting kind of question, but. Uh, for you, for you gamblers out there, but popular 
Houston figure mattress Mac bet three million dollars at ten to one odds with Caesars that the and then another million bucks with uh, twelve to one odds with WinBet that the Astros will win World Series. So we are a little over a month into the series or into the into the season, about thirty six games down, which is almost a quarter of the games. Are you? betting $4 million on the Astros to win the World Series. Mr. Marty Coleman, what do you think? What are you going to do with your $4 million bucks? You know, I've had this conversation with my son um, and my wife on, on different things, but I've said if I had $100 million, I can't imagine betting $4 million on a baseball team, right? Now, but I bet a thousand or ten thousand or maybe even a hundred thousand. Sure, but we, my wife and I, try and figure out how much money this guy must have for all these bets he puts in. So who knew there was so much money in mattresses, right? I mean, <laughs> who had any idea? I'm over here investing in Bitcoin, trying to get rich quick, and this guy's selling mattresses <laughs> and uh, can bet <laughs> millions of dollars on various games every year. No, I would not. I wouldn't bet it on the Astros, especially in baseball. Maybe something that's that in baseball is, you know, it's we always we we joke about this, but you guys play college ball. You know, your team could lose to anybody at any time. If they've got heck, you wouldn't think you'd lose to Old Dominion if you're Clemson. But if they got JV on the mound, as they did one one time in the uh, in the regional, that could be all, all it takes is one pitcher, you know, but. So in baseball, it's a crapshoot. You know, it's not football, and it's certainly not basketball. It is a crapshoot. No, I would not do it. But the man's getting a ton of publicity, and he's going to sell more uh, mattresses. But no, not me, man. If I had $4 million, uh, probably another house as well. well let, me, let me ask you this. What, what would the team itself its current makeup, its rotation, its everything, and you had all the dollars in the world to make this trade. What, what what would the team have to do today that you've seen up through these 36 games to give you confidence that th- this was a sure bet to win the World Series? Trade Jose Siri. No, I'm just – that was for Kenny. That was for Kenny. We're checking to see if Kenny's listening. Uh, uh <laughs> I don't think there's anything you could do in baseball because I wouldn't even bet on, let's say, the Dodgers with their rotation and their team that amount of money. Would I bet some amount on the Dodgers? Sure. Um, uh, Yeah. And the Blue Jays? Probably. But maybe I know the Astros too well, right? Maybe it's the the thing that's too close to me, and I know the holes, and I know, you know, we watch them every day. We, We analyze them every day. We write about them several times a week. So maybe it's that old thing of, you know them too well to make this bet. But Lance McCullers would have to be uh, pitching. They need a different catcher that could hit. Um, Bregman would have to be 2018. It goes on. He'd have to be 2018 Bregman. You know, on it. he'd have to have somebody in center field besides Chaz. Sorry, Chaz, love you. Um, you know, there's it, it goes on and on and on. And preferably they wouldn't have a – 38-year-old left fielder or however old Brantley is. I know he's still hitting, but you get my point, right? I'm an Astros fan, but I still am objective enough to see they got some holes compared to other teams around the league. Can they still win the World Series? Absolutely. I'll be pulling for them. I'm not betting $4 million on them. Brian, you got $4 bucks. What are you going to do? 
10 to 1, 12 to 1, this Houston Astros team that we've seen for 36 games, what are you going to do? Not not a chance. I'm not putting money on anybody at game, you know, game 36. It's just um I, I every every year you watch the the fall classic and in my mind I have to wait and see um who exactly is the hot the hot commodity at the time. That's basically that's what it comes down to for me. So um you know when when and I'll bring up our losses no problem but uh, the unfortunate thing is you know when 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 we played the nationals they were the hot team that's the only reason they won they weren't the better team we were the better team they were the hot team uh, when we played the Braves same thing is true the Braves barely got into the playoffs by the skin of their teeth the only reason that they won it all is because they were the hottest team at the time um, you had some guys coming out of nowhere like Solaire that just just exploded, um, and I would even say we it when we had the bad luck, you know, on top of that. If I would say if McCullers and Myers were both on our our roster last year, we would have won it all. I, I'll, I'll put that out there. So there's no way. So what would it take for me to actually bet money on that? It would take uh, them adding another quality starter, McCullers being healthy, and one more bat, then I'll put the money down. But I will wait until September. Yeah, I, I'm 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 on the same page with you. I I bet I like do I like doing some sports betting. I'm nothing crazy, but I, I I definitely when this playoffs come around, I like to just throw the money on the Astros. You never know what's going to happen, right? right. Uh, <laughs> but to look at this team as it is for, through 36 games, I have four million bucks. Even if it's Marty's four million bucks, I don't know if I'd have the heart to do it right now. Like you said, I think they need they need another bat. Like I want them to go do something big, you know. Let's yeah. let's if you're going to do something, let's 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 make it happen. Let's get somebody who have team control for a few years, like a really needle mover. I'm thinking like Brian Reynolds, center field, Pittsburgh Pirates, somebody like that who's really going to inject some life into this offense. Uh, you know, we've had the same kind of core for a while. I don't I don't think I think people underestimate the Astros because that core has been together for so long and we've, we've, we've been to a lot of world series and we haven't won every single one of them. But at the same time, you know, you inject some, some life like that into the lineup, like a Brian Reynolds or some guy who can hit 324 with some power and things like that. I think it does. I think it's going to turn that with this team would be look look very unstoppable. Um, You know, obviously starting pitching is always a premium, um, you know, we this last season or this last World Series kind of proved that how quickly uh, even young, strong, cons- generally consistent guys have been. It, once the playoffs happen, you've got to be able to find three good guys to just completely lean on at any given time, whether it's on three days rest or whatever. You just you just have to have it. And so I think you do have one of those in Verlander. I think if McCullers came back, you have that. And then maybe Frommer or uh, Luis Garcia, I think you maybe have one of those guys that could could do it. Uh, I, I I don't I think Arquiti would be the odd man out in my opinion. If you're going to start trading for starting pitching, you maybe you package him with somebody and 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 exchange for a more veteran arm. Um, not not the, not a detriment to his talent by any stretch, but yeah, I think if you make a big starting pitching move, a big bat, I'll bet forty. I'll bet four million bucks right now. So, right, not today. 
I mean, unless 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 it's you know you know thirty six games in, I, I don't feel confident. So, well, and it seems like confident. seems like the Padres want to do everything that they can to get rid of Eric Hosmer. I would have no issue with them adding him at first base for for one of those guys you just talked about. I mean, he's hit three feet right now. He's one of the leaders in, in, in average with four four home runs, twenty four RBIs. I mean, so I mean, there's there's guys out there. I think that teams want to get rid of. We got to add. We got to add one to the mix somewhere. You know, yeah. you're gonna hurt a lot of feelings if you. Uh, I was gonna say, you suggest fans, benching or trading Yuli Gurriel. You know I mean? The Houston fans will revolt. Will revolt. I love Yuli Gurriel. I love Yuli. If he can get back to his form, unfortunately, all all the playoffs last year, I was waiting for him to hit that big home run that he usually hits, and it never happened. So I'm 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 I love Yuli. I love me some Yuli. He's one of my favorite players on the team, but. He might not be the guy to take us all the way. He might be a great spot start. I've done I've done my best, Brian. I wrote about him. He went seven for thirteen, hit two home runs. I wrote about Siri and Chaz. They each hit a home run. I haven't braved <laughs> the Maldonado Castro story yet <laughs> because the expectations are too high. Well, I, I appreciate uh, I appreciate everything uh, your opinions and stuff today. Um, we talked a lot of a lot of stuff today, so uh, look forward to us continuing to, to, to put these out. I think Marty put together a Twitter poll, and people seem to kind of favor podcasts more. But we'll still wave in some Twitter spaces so we can actually hear from you guys uh, and and to kind of give, give you an opportunity to chat with us directly. But until then, you can follow us on uh, climbingtileshill.com for all, all of our writing articles. You can follow us at Juicebox Junkie Podcast on Twitter. Uh, our Twitter handles are at Astronomic1 for Marty, at JAZ underscore E24 for me, and at B Dunleavy5. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of Juicebox Junkies. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And join us for the next episode of Juicebox Junkies.